says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And I pray that as we hear the word of God today, our hearts will be stirred to want to know you better. That our singles who hear this word today, Father, it will catapult them into a stronger spiritual life. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that everything that is said and done will strengthen your people and, Father, will bring glory to you. And so I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in our fourth and final week of our Survivor Series. And so if you've been enjoying the series, can you give the Lord a hand clap? Can you do that? If you're visiting us for the first time, this is when we use our Sunday morning services and we split our 9 o'clock service. Our 9 o'clock service would be for our married couples and then the 11 o'clock service, which what you're sitting in, is for our singles. And this allows me to minister to each group in a unique way. In other words, while I'm here, even though you are in a group setting, it allows me to speak to you as I'm giving you private counseling. And so our theme has been uncensored. Everybody say uncensored. This means that sometimes I will say some things without a filter. In other words, it's rated PG. I don't have to worry about if their children are in here or not. I'm just going to say it. And so last week our topic for our singles was living single or dying alone. And Pastor Napoleon did a great job. Can y'all give him a hand clap? And so if you're taking notes, our topic today, I believe it impacts everybody one way or another. And so my title is The Key to Fulfillment. The Key to Fulfillment. And the purpose of this lesson is to provide singles with the keys to not only being fulfilled, but living fulfilled. And I need you as much as possible To not just listen to me today, I need you to hear me. Here is why. I'm 51 years old. I was single for almost 30 before I got married. And this principle that I'm going to teach you this morning is what helped me live a single life successfully. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Colossians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 16, Colossians 4, 16. And then I think we want to go to Philippians chapter 3. Now, let me warn you in advance, I'm going to use a lot of Scripture this morning. And the reason I want to use Scripture is because most people's fulfillment is based on how they feel that day. Or their fulfillment is based on whether they are in a relationship or not. Or their fulfillment is whether they're in the right job or not. And I'm saying to you, none of those things have anything to do with the type of fulfillment that I'm going to be teaching you this morning. Amen. Now, in uh, 
uh, Colossians chapter 4, if you're there, say, I'm there. Last week, Pastor Napoleon stated that many singles are looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, many single Christians are looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. And that's why people turn to drugs. That's why people turn to sex and relationship and even shopping. Look at your neighbor and say, have you been shopping lately? Because they're trying to get fulfillment. Say fulfillment. So if you want to write this down, the word fulfillment when you, or fulfill, when you look it up, it means to complete, to satisfy requirements, or to develop your full potential. So when I'm talking about the key or being fulfilled this morning, I'm talking about uh, meeting requirements to develop your full potential. Now, when God made us, he did so, watch this, with the end in mind. In other words, when God created us, he didn't start at the beginning and then worked his way to the end. He started at the end and he worked his way up to the beginning. In other words, the way you and I are created, he worked through all of that and then started us. And here's why I'm saying that. Because we're made in God's image, then that means the Bible says that we have been made in his his image and his likeness, which means that the spirit part of us is like God. So the Bible says that God is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Well, if he's Alpha and Omega in the beginning and the end, then he's everything in between. So which means now, when he created you and I, he started at the end. So that means any obstacle in our life that he knew that we would, watch this, run into before it even started, he created a solution along the way. And this is why all things can work together for good. Because God fixed the problem before you had it. And because we're now made in his image... His word, watch this, allows us to see the end at the beginning as well. So now this is why you should have confidence walking through something. Because if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil, why? Because he is with me. Why? Because I have his word and his word is a lamp. So I don't have to worry about the direction I'm going. All I have to do is, watch this, allow his word to paint the picture of where my life needs to be. So listen now, listen. When he made us, he made us with the end in mind. He uniquely created every person, watch this, with a call or a specific thing that we're supposed to do. When he made you, he didn't just make you. He made you with a call or he made you with a purpose. Everybody say, he made me with a call. He made me with a purpose. And see, when we are doing that thing that God has called us to do or designed us to do, it will bring satisfaction to us. So here's the question. What has God called you to do and how do you discover it? Because if you don't know what it is, then you're probably living an unfulfilled life. So one of the goals that I have this morning is to point you down the road for you to discover what God has called you to do. So let's look at some uh, a biblical example of a single person. Go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 16. Now this person, uh, based on my research, was single. Okay? And uh, it says in verse 16, And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it to be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. 
and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, verse 17. And say to, I don't know how to say his name, but I'll say Archippus, because that's what it looks like. Archippus, say to him, watch this, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you might, what? Fulfill it. Notice now, Paul stops and he says, listen, before I end this letter, I need you to tell this guy named Archippus, To take heed to the ministry that he received in the Lord that he needs to fulfill it. In other words, I want you to see that God had a ministry. He had a purpose for this guy. Not only did he expect the guy to know what it was, he expected the guy to fulfill it. And I believe as single people, God has seasons attached to your life. And in those seasons, he's designed you to fulfill some things. And this is why some of you all, watch this now, you're still single because you haven't fulfilled the things that God wants you to fulfill as a single person. So he told this guy, listen, take heed to the ministry that you've received from the Lord. Now, God has assigned to every believer ministry. Everybody say everybody's got ministry. But I want you to notice something about this guy. Notice that he received this ministry when he was in the Lord. See, a lot of people want to know what God is calling them to do, but they won't stay in him long enough to figure it out. Oh, I know you're saved. That's great. But if God revealed to just save people everything he wanted them to do, then we would have a lot of committed saved people. But see, what happens is you got to stay in the vine. You got to stay connected. You got to be in fellowship with the father. And in this case here, we read that he told him, listen, take heed to the ministry that God has given you. So here's here's the thing that I want to do. I'm going to give you three things. Everybody say three things. I'm going to give you three things that's going to help you fulfill, walk in fulfillment for your life. Now go to Luke chapter 10. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Uh, did I tell you to go there at first? Well, go to Luke chapter 10. I think I might jump around. Now, let me explain something to you. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says this. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What does that mean? Here's what it means. It means whatever giftings that God has put on the inside of you and whatever he's called you to do for your life, it's on you whether you repent or not. In other words, it's like saying a chair is still a chair, even if there's nobody sitting there. A chair is still a chair. Well, there's a call on your life, and whether you repent or not, the call is still there. Whether you and I decide to do it or not, it doesn't take the call away. In Philippians chapter 3... Go to Philippians 3. I know, what did I tell you to go? Okay, keep your hand over there in Luke. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Let me show you this. Because uh, I, I need to explain to you that God's called you to do something. And once you understand that, then what I'm going to do this morning is point you toward how to figure that out. Uh, Philippians 3, I'm, verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or know everything. But this one thing that I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. 
I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Say high calling. Of the high calling of God. Read it with me. In Christ Jesus. In other words, this high call that God has for your life, you're not going to find it in the club. He said you will find it in Christ Jesus. You're not going to discover what God's called you to do because you get in a relationship. It says in Christ. That's how he discovered. It says, listen, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to stay in him. So watch this now. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4. You stay over there in Luke. I tell you what, go ahead and go to Luke. Go to Luke. Let's, 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 let's look and see what Luke got to say. Luke is screaming up here. Read me, read me. Luke chapter 10, look at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went, he entered into a village and there was a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Everybody say it was Martha's house. All right. And she had a sister named Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. Everybody say much serving. All right. Now, if you have a physical Bible, I want you to circle the word serving. And it came to pass, uh, and it came, and she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she helps me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Everybody say needful. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen. Everybody say Mary chose. Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now this whole story, uh, Pastor Napoleon read it last week. And I want you to see something about this story. Because uh, there are some dynamics here taking place. And one of them was... We have this lady named uh, Martha who had a house. Apparently, she invited Jesus over. And her sister was with her. I don't know if her sister was her roommate. I don't know if they lived together. I don't know any of that. What What I do know is that Martha expected Jesus to tell Mary to help her. So now you have this dynamic going on. And the Bible says that when Mary got there, she sat at Jesus' feet. And here's why. To hear his word. And so here's the first key to fulfillment. Here's the first key. Is you have to prioritize God's word in your life as a single person. Now this is going to be very foundational. But here's the problem. A lot of you all are not doing this. See, the reason I know the Bible like I know it. It's not because I'm just learning it. I got this way before I was married. I got this way before I had kids. Because, see, once you start getting married and you start having kids, you're not going to have the time to study like you used to. And, see, some of you all, you spend more time updating your profile online than you do in the Word. Notice Mary came and she sat at the feet. So here are three things to fulfillment. First of all, it's the Word. Everybody say the Word. Notice in verse 31 it says that she had a sister named Mary. Who sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. And when you are single, you must make God's word priority in your life. Watch this. Because God has made his word priority. 
You know, the scripture says, and you can write down, it says that God has magnified his word above his name. God's word is serious to him. Why haven't you made it serious to you? John 1, 1, you can write it down. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Watch this. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In the beginning was the The word has to be the beginning of your life. The first thing you do when you get up in the morning, it ought to be the word. You ought to eat the word. You ought to sleep the word. Because let me tell you something. That word is what changes your life. Amen. 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 And see, some of you all, you know, you think a verse today is a verse today is going to keep the devil away. It don't work like that. Everybody say the word. God's word must become priority for your life. It must be first. And here are some reasons why you must prioritize your life by the word. Here's number one. God's word is so important. It's how you got saved. Do you know you would not be saved if it had not been for his word? How did you know to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ? How did you know to believe in your heart? Because the gospel was preached. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? My point is this. In order for your life to be fulfilled, you got to put God's word at the top of the list. And man, when I was single... My life was all about the word. I didn't waste time with chitter chatter. If you weren't going to help me grow in the word, I didn't hang around you. Oh, it's quiet in here, ain't it? Oh, no, no. I ain't have time to go to the club. The club? What's in the club? I need to get in the word. So while all, all the Christians... Who were clubbing, I was, I had a desk, I had a table in my room. And it was next to my bed. And uh, I sat at that table and that's where I studied. See, some of you all are spiritually anemic because you only eat once a week spiritually. Oh no. Pastor Evan, man, I sat down, I read that word, because see, I knew that word was going to change my life. And here's, here's the other reason why that word needs to be priority. God's word is where I get my direction from. Write down Psalm 119, 104. It says, Yo, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I need to make God's word a priority because it's designed, watch this, to direct my life. Jesus. See, that's why half of y'all in here are reading your horoscope. Because you're trying to get direction from your life. Well, why would you listen to somebody who wrote something who don't know nothing about you? Listen, God's word is the best horoscope you need. Some of you are. You did it this week. That's why your phone bill's high. You called that that 1-800 witch line over there in California. Let me tell you your future. Here's what your future says the Lord. That he's, he, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, they're good and not evil. Plans to give you a great expectation in. That's the word, that's the word. You don't need no, no psychic person to tell you that. He said, well, I, I called to see if I, if the man and I with, that I'm supposed to be with him. Well, there's a reason why you, you called a worldly person 
for that. Why didn't you ask God if he's the right one for you? Because you knew what the Lord was going to say. That's why. The word is designed to give you direction. Watch this. God's word renews your mind to know his will. Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do, it says you'll be able to prove what's good and acceptable and what God's will is. I'm trying to get you to see as a single person, you got to consume this word. God's word helps you to renew your mind. It helps, watch this, it helps you to think differently. And that's what makes your life different because you think differently. It says in Romans 12 too that once I renew my mind, I will begin to know the will of God for my life. And that's why most people are searching for fulfillment. They want to know God's will for their life. Well, all I'm going to do is tell them, get in the word, renew your mind. And listen, when you renew your mind, you will know what God's will is for your life. Here's the next one. God's word helps to separate your soul from your spirit so you can hear his voice. I'm going to say that again. God's word helps you to separate your soul from your spirit so you can hear his voice. See, that's why most people, they don't hear the voice of God because their spirit and their soul is not separated enough. The only thing that can separate your soul from your spirit, because most notice both of them are in the spirit realm. Okay? Most people's soul and spirit is not separate because the only thing that can separate them is the word. Write this, write this verse down. This is uh, in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The word is the only thing that can divide between your soul and your spirit. And you know why you're confused and you can't know if it's God speaking or if it's you speaking or whatever? Because you don't have enough word in there to divide that voice. The reason why it's clear when God speaks to me because I got enough word in there to discern the difference between if it was my voice or his. Some of y'all need to get in the word because you need to hear his voice. See, game over when you you still throwing out fleeces. Well, Lord, if I'm supposed to take this job, let it rain today. Lord, if I'm supposed to quit my job, let it rain today. Well, you done got employed and unemployed in the same day. No. When the word, everybody say the word. When you are full of that word, the word will walk you through your, your life. Watch this. Here's another reason why you need to make God's word a priority. It's because angels respond to his word. Write down Psalm 103.20. It says, bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. Watch this. Who hearken to the voice of his word. Angels, they respond to, to God's word, but they can't respond to it if you don't know it. You know, the devil ain't got to mess with some of us. He ain't got to mess with some of us because we don't know the word. Now, it proves whether you know the word or not based on the kind of people you date. Because if you date, you still date unsaved people, you don't know the word. Because the scripture is clear. It says, you know, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's pretty clear. So it just shows you don't know the word, which shows that why says you have made a priority, which means that you are not full of it. How many here have been drunk before? Let me see your hand. Oh, come on now. Are you serious? 
I didn't say, did you drink last night? I said, have you been drunk before? Let me try that again. If you have been drunk before, raise your hand. Thank you. <laughs> Some of y'all be like, well, he might turn prophetic and try to be like, listen, it's been 30 something years since I've been drunk, but I can remember it like yesterday. I'll never forget the first time I got drunk, but I didn't know I was drunk. I went to this party and uh, they had a punch bowl, but they spiked it with some Everclear. Exactly. Now, those of you who may not be educated on what Everclear is, it's a hundred proof alcohol. Literally, you can pour Everclear down and set a match to it and it will fire up. So somebody has spiked it. I didn't know. I just thought it had a little different taste to it. <laughs> so I was just enjoying my little self. I mean, I just drank. I don't know how many cups of that stuff I drunk, but I drunk enough cups that I don't remember getting home. I don't know how I got home. To this day, I can't tell you how I got home. And then I must have, you know, bumped into a whole lot of stuff because my mama knew I was drunk the, night, the, the, the next morning. She was like, well, what were you drinking? What's my point? When you full of something, it controls you. Man, you need to put that word in you like you do that malt liquor. I mean, the Bible is a say, see, I'm just using it in a modern day way. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you the same thing. When you are full of that word, that word will talk to you. See, the word talks. You just don't have enough in you to listen. Oh, the word can tell you if something is right or not. The Bible even says, once you get enough word in you, the Bible says that your senses will be trained enough to exercise both evil and good. You can walk in a room and be like, something ain't right in here. Everybody say you got to make the word a priority. Here's the last reason why you got to make the word a priority. It's because the word doesn't change, but it brings change. See, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not. So now if I need some things in my life to change, what I need to do is put the unchanging word in my changing heart so, my, so the unchanging word can change what I'm going through. Here's the second thing you got to do to experience fulfillment. The first one is you got to make the word priority. Here's the second one is you got to make worship a priority. Notice now in verse 39, the Bible says Mary came and she sat at the, G- the feet of Jesus. That's worship. See, worship is so powerful because it allows me to express my gratitude and thankfulness to God. And this is something that only I can do. And see, here's the problem. A lot of you all have not learned to worship God. See, worship has to be done in two ways, privately and publicly. Amen. And here's the thing. No one can worship for you 
but you. Our praise and worship team, they might sing and lead you into worship, but they can't make you worship. Just like you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. Well, a lot of times on Sunday, our worship team is trying to lead us. But the problem is once they get us there, it's still up to us to worship. We can't. Let them worship for us because there's no such thing. In fact, let me tell you something. God doesn't take third-party worship. Before God takes third-party worship, He says, I'll make the rocks cry out. Amen. God is looking for your worship. Write down John 4.23. It says, but the hour coming now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen to this. For the Father is seeking those who will worship Him. God is not just expecting our worship. He is looking for us to worship Him. And you talking about fulfillment? Man, there's nothing better than the, watch this, to sense God's presence in your worship. The Bible says he inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people. So if you want to bring God's presence into a situation, begin to worship. Because he is looking for worshipers. I wonder what does he see when he comes to word of truth? Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a worshiper? So God seeks those who are worshiping. Uh, write down Psalm 95 verse 6. It says, oh, come, let us worship. Let us worship. This is public worship now. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. God needs our public worship. Watch this. Psalm 81 verse 9 says, There shall no strange God be in you, neither shall you worship any strange God. Do you know God needs and wants our worship so bad that he made one of the commandments to not have no other God before him? He said, Pastor, how do I worship? It ain't hard. Just like you worship that car you bought. By rubbing in it, cleaning it, putting arm all on the tire. Making sure the chrome, you can see yourself. See, you, know, you might have been worship, washing in the car, but you really worship in that car. You know why you worship in that car? Because you're paying the note with God's money. Oh, I just slapped somebody like. <laughs> Listen, this is how this is worship. Now, one thing about my wife, she she can't sing all the time on key. But girl can worship though. She be in the shower by singing her heart out. It might not have been a good noise, but it was a joyful one. <laughs> I mean, she in there, she sang into the Lord. Because see, the Lord, it's a joyful noise to him, even though it may be noisy to other people. He's waiting on our worship. And that's one thing that Mary had. Now watch this now. This is good. Uh, Go to 1 Corinthians 7. We'll close right here. 1 Corinthians 7. Because here's the main thing. The word, worship, and the work. Everybody say the work. 
these are the three things. If you didn't hear nobody, nobody preach no more in your life, you say, well, how do I be fulfilled? Number one, you're going to be fulfilled when you prioritize his word for your life. Number two, when you start worshiping God for yourself publicly and privately. And then number three is when you get involved in the work. Everybody say the work. Notice here in verse 40 in Luke, it says, But Martha was, in, was cumbered about with much serving. That word serving there is the word ministry. She was serving. She was full of ministry. Notice in 1 Corinthians 7.32, it says, But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried, he that is single, they care for the things that belong to the Lord, how they may please the Lord. But he that is married, they care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife or her husband. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord. That she may be holy both in body and spirit. But she that is married, she cares for the things of this world, how she may please her husband. What am I saying? I'm saying this. That when you are single, you should have a single mindset. See, you can be single and not have a single mindset. Because there are many single people who have hopes and desires that they want to be married. So mentally they are married even though physically they are single. Well, he's saying, listen, care for the things that belong to the Lord. Ephesians 4 says this, that God has given pastors to help perfect the saints. Watch this, to do the work of ministry. That that word ministry is the same word serving. So watch this, God has designed you to serve. And do you know that it was the service of Ruth that got her married to Boaz? Watch this. I'll read this and we'll close. Ruth chapter 2 verse 11 says this. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been showed me all that you have done to your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity and you are coming to a people which you didn't even know of. The Lord recompense or repays your what? What did he say? The Lord repays your Work. See that? See that work? If I say work. The Lord repays your work. And a full reward. Say full reward. A full reward be given to you from the Lord. And that's why, you know, that scripture that says, right now, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You want fulfillment in your life? Then you need to get involved in God's work. It's that plain and simple. I'm going to tell you something, y'all. I didn't really have a social life. And I'm not saying you need to do this, but I am saying you need to do this. <laughs> if I include Pastor Sar, from the time I got saved, which was 20 years old, from 20 years old, to 27 years old. How many years? Well, we got married. I got married at 29, right? From 20 years old to 29 years old, how many years is that? Huh? Nine years. From nine years, including Pastor Sar, I only dated two people. And the first person was the distraction that I talked about two weeks ago. And we went on two dates. Two days. That was it. No kissing and no touching. No, no, none of that. None of that. What am I saying? You don't have to try it till you buy it. 
That's what the world say. Girl, you better try it before you buy it. Well, you, you can do that if you want to. As long as you can write a, a, a check for that disease that you might not be able to cash. Everybody say the word. Everybody say the word. That's what we're going to do right now. Stand up. Because some of y'all were late for praise and worship anyway. Can I tell you what happens in worship? We're good. Let me tell you what happens in worship. If you keep your heart open in worship, a spiritual exchange takes place. While you are telling God how great and how good he is, that's why the Bible says when, when, when they came to Jesus, the Bible says they saw angels ascending and descending on him. That's why they talk about Jacob's ladder. Oh no, because there were angels coming up and coming down. When you yield yourself to worship, it's not about who's looking now. Because what I'm trying to do is get in position so that God can hear my voice. Watch this. And I can hear his. Right there at your seat. Stand up right there. Yes, Pastor Polo, just whatever's in your spirit, just sing it. And we just gonna worship. I'll just we're just gonna take a minute. Don't worry about it. I know the game is gonna be on. Cowboys don't play the 730 though. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I live to worship. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To
I declare over them they are successful singers. The Father, they're right in the middle of your will, and I pray that God, you will continue to give them patience. You will continue to give them strength. And that Father, no weapon formed against them during their single life that will prosper. I pray success over them. Hallelujah. Everybody still don't don't move. 